105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game game day. We're back here live on the Roar, the press box with Brad and John, kicking off hour number two right now, 10.05 a.m. Carter Color Company, our good friends over there at 1067 Tiger Boulevard in Clemson. They have all different kinds of paint that you need. Not every paint's the same. You need the, if you're doing indoor, you need a specific type of paint. And they have a great interior selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or your business. They're outdoor paint. The exterior element guard provides protection against wind-driven rain. We've had a lot of that. Excessive humidity, we're going to have a lot of that. And other harsh weather conditions, they have three great finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Go to cartercolor.com. That's cartercolor.com to find out more information. But when you need paint, these are the folks to go see. Benjamin Moore Retailer, uh, they got the best, highest quality paint. The Carters are the experts in the business let them help you uh, with anything you need over at Carter Color Company, 1067 Tiger Boulevard in the heart of Clemson. 654 Roar. You want to get in here on the show today. I, I'm just I, I'm not gonna argue with some of these these tags. Like I'm just not. I'm just not gonna get an argument with you. It, that is your opinion, and that's fine. If you want to vent, I'm all for that. But just disagreeing with just silly stuff is just I mean, come on. Yes, everything is in hindsight right now. My goodness. 654 Roar, you want to get in. Jason's call, I mean, I, I totally get the vent, the venting and the frustration. Totally understandable. Uh, is it what other fan, other fan bases don't want to hear it, but they're not in their situation. I think, I think that's so funny. You, know, you get so mad when, you know, so-and-so is, is mad about the calls and stuff. But if it put yourself in those shoes, you'd be exactly feeling the same way. I get how Clemson fans feel. I get how Brad Brownell feels. And I don't think it's wrong to feel that way. I think we've seen just a historical setup in this league for far... John, the narrative matches the results. It matches reality. It has for decades. This is nothing new whatsoever. This has been going on longer than I've been on this earth. Has been yeah. long before. Like it's one thing to point it out as like a conspiracy. I mean, we do all the time with you know the black helicopters and the tinfoil hats and all those things, and we have good laughs about it all. But Brad, the data is there. The stats are there. You can point to it. There's tangible evidence of and, it occurring over the years. And I and I think that's. That's where the frustration lies, and that's where the players and the coaches. I I didn't like. I didn't really, really like some of the reaction that you saw from the bench, or you know, on the bench there at the end of the game, uh, with with the officials. I know they've got beef with that official. They got history with him. There's a lot of officials in college basketball. I got beef with, in history with. Okay, maybe not history, but definitely definitely beef. Six five four roar, buddy in Greensboro, Georgia's up next. Hey, buddy. Hey, fellas, how you doing this morning? Doing well. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to try my best not to raise too much hell today, but I used to be, a, I've had a seated ticket holder uh, in basketball for over 20 years when my kids were growing up. We all went to, to Little John. And I have seen this scenario play out so many times in Little John where we were beating a, one of the Tobacco Road teams and we'd end up losing. And granted, you know, we did. I mean, I'm at a loss why Shefflin needs to turn the ball over three straight times. And, you know, there's always that scenario that helped with the result. But I want to tell you right now, I was, I was in North Carolina in Chapel Hill. I was there when we played North Carolina. I think it was the team Harold Jameson was on. I could be wrong. It's been a while. But I was there when they fouled every damn body out on the team except four players. Yeah, I remember. We ended the game with four players. I think North Carolina went to the line, you know, 40 times or something ridiculous like that. And, I mean, I have, I can even go back. I mean, I can say, I remember watching Lenny Wirtz, God rest his soul, call half-court baseline fouls on us from half-court. Not once, but twice or three times in a ball game. And, I mean, I just, I know over the years, and I don't know, I may be wrong, but I don't know if any of our athletic directors ever addressed this with the, with the conference. But, yeah, there's a conspiracy to make sure we keep Clemson down in basketball. I, I mean, I've, I've, I mean we, offering proof, I have seen it. I have firsthand seen it. And the other day, when we played um, Duke, I just, the fouls that were called toward the end of the game was ridiculous. And it's just, for a Clemson fan like me, I mean, it's just, you get to the point where you just kind of give up on the whole situation. I don't know if Brad will ever take the team to the promised land. Uh, the only thing, you know, everybody keeps talking about, you know, going to the NCAA tournament. Hell, I just want to go and win the ACC tournament. I'll take that. And I just, I know I'm bidding, but I'm extremely frustrating. Me and my wife was watching the game on TV, and I said, don't get too excited, honey. Just watch. Just watch what happens. And, you know, and I said, I've seen that happen to Clemson more times than I've got hands or toes. And I just, I feel sorry for the basketball team. I feel sorry for Coach Branell, even though we, you know, probably made a few mistakes during the game for us to lose the game. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about biases with the officiating. And, you know, I don't know if he'll ever stop. I mean, if I was Graham Neff, I would be on the horn right now with somebody in the Atlanta Coast Conference, you know, just find, you know, just asking them, you know, what can we do about this? Because this is not a one-time thing, son. I have seen this happen forever. I've been, I mean, I've been following Clemson basketball since I was five years old, and I'm 67. I mean, I used to, I've gone to so many games; it's not ridiculous. I mean. I remember one time we were beating Duke at halftime by 19 points. And no more than I went to the concession stand and came back, 
they were shooting. I mean, it was like a minute went by. They were already in the one and ones. And they tied it up, and they came back, and they beat us. <laughs> but it's just stuff like that that's real blatant yeah. that, you know, that you don't have, a, you know, an answer for. I hear you, buddy. Thanks for getting in. Uh, glad we could let you vent. Glad you got it out. I don't think it'll make you feel any better, but uh, I, we, we feel you, man. We hear you. Well, I'm just real happy with the linemen we got over the weekend. Oh, Dabo's showing everybody how it's done. So, um, you know, I, I, I do wish that a little bit of luck will come to the basketball team. They played good. They played disciplined. Um, Brownell's doing a pretty good job of what he's got. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But we're not going to compete and out-recruit the Atlantic Coast Conference. We've never been able to do it, and we're not going to. Duke, North Carolina, and some of the better echelon teams are going to get the recruits. But he's done a good job finding excellent basketball players. And I just hope something good happens to him this year. I mean, I just – I hear you. They deserve it. Yep. Thanks, and buddy. I'm get back on this tractor, bud. All That's right, man. Good to talk to you all. Enjoy the show. Be safe out there. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you getting in today and uh, sharing your thoughts. I, I, I think it's okay – John, in, in this particular instance, not in every one, every situation is different. I think it's okay to extrapolate the officiating and the frustration from that and then Clemson's mistakes. I, I just don't think they're tied together. I don't I don't think it's an either-or situation, either your own side, Clemson screwed up or officials screwed Clemson. You you can't you, you can be like on both. You can understand both. It's basketball. And that that's the camp that I am in. I mean you can from like a pure on the court perspective yeah you can explain the loss so you can explain the loss by Shefflin's three turnovers in a row but at the same time it's very hard not to point out that the, just the egregious officiating that occurred by one official repeatedly throughout the game the worst technical of all time of all time in the history of the game I mean even Dario Chad said that <laughs> he's seen he's seen a lot of technicals called on the other team sure <laughs> he has a lot of experience in this field <laughs> Uh, why and, we have him on here. Uh, to uh, to Buddy's point, he was not exaggerating about that game with uh, Rick Barnes in North Carolina in which they, the Tigers had six players disqualified. <laughs> there was literally 41 fouls called in that game, John. He's not exaggerating at all on the 40. It was four. In fact, he undersold, he undersold it. it. <laughs> it was 41. 41 fouls in an ACC game. Again, these are the reasons these narratives get created. Yeah, I mean, for Duke to have 33 free throw attempts to close to 22. I mean, they're in the bonus with eight and a half minutes to go in the second half. Yeah, that I, I as soon as that that little icon thing popped up on the screen, I, I was watching the game with, with a friend of mine. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. They're in the bonus already? Yep. And then the double bonus in no time after that. I'm like, okay, this is this is not a good sign. But it's a sign that we see all the time. That you're going in, you're in a close game at Cameron, and all of a sudden they're in the bonus with almost half the second half to go. They shot nine more free throws in the second half. And they won by one. I don't know that it's a conspiracy against Clemson. I, no. I, I'm not, I, I don't want to frame it that way. I don't think it's a conspiracy against Clemson as much as it is trying to bail out North Carolina and Duke more so than it is to try to keep the other teams down. I just think those referees are so influenced by the moment. 
by the atmosphere, by the letters across the front of the jersey, by for whatever reason, however you want to describe, it, I, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know why, I can't explain that. I just feel like that they very much are influenced by those things. Six five four. Let's go to Ernie in Greenville. Hey, Ernie. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, I just preface this by saying, back in the day, and this is way too many days ago, I was a high school referee. And, you know, it's over two decades, so I can't even comment from a very experienced or knowledgeable standpoint. But um, I did what your point about emotion and getting caught up. I, I, I think if, you know, if I'm a referee in that situation and the, you know, there, there is all the noise and the intensity subconsciously, it, it's not. I might even I might not even be trying to do it, but subconsciously I'm extra keyed up um, and even more intense. And you know I might make a call uh, because of the intensity of the situation, or I might get caught up, or I might be more on point to to make a call. Um, and I would also say, you know, and, and that's just that really is just human nature. And I'm sure that they've had discussions with the referees about, or they have discussions like this about Cameron, um, the Dean Dome, uh, I'm sure Lexington and, uh, you know, at, uh, KU and in other environments where it is especially intense, they'll talk about the refereeing crew or the refereeing crew will, will say, you know, let's, let's be aware of how, you know, keyed up we are and the emotion and not let that affect what we're doing, but it's just inevitable. Um, and so I, I'm not trying to defend it because I'm, I'm just saying if you know if I'm in that that kind of situation uh, that because I've I've been in that kind of situation and, and felt that even on a high school level. Um, I, looking at the two calls, um, the the P, real quick uh, the PJ call, I uh, you know I didn't see personally. There was contact, but I, I can't really say that it was, you know, clearly defensive contact. Um, but looking back at the the final call um, where Duke got the last two free throws, I think to me it was a bit of a makeup call. Uh, they missed the body. The, the first there was a body foul that still would have led to one of one. Then they missed the walk, uh, and then so. Then I, you know, I think there is a a natural tendency to say, okay, I, I missed those two calls. I might, you know, I'm gonna, I might, you know, I got to make some call if something's close, um, because you sometimes you're just not quick enough with with pulling your whistle. Your brain just gets locked up. <laughs> so and you're so, I so think you're saying three, three three things happen and you blow your whistle and you figure out which one you want to call out of the three things. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, no, no, you were slow. You were slow <laughs> on the first two. And you you know you missed it because there was the body foul right um, b- before uh, you know that, that should have been called on the floor and then the offensive player walked okay and then you know as a, as a referee I felt like okay they're going to call that or they called it because they missed the first two that's just from my perspective yeah. we got to run Ernie we're up against the break thanks sir. thank you for getting in I appreciate the call today six five four we'll take some more calls on the other side don't go anywhere. 
I'm Jake Wilson, and as the owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings, I'm proud of the product we've delivered to our customers for nearly 15 years all over the upstate. If you're considering having your garage floor transformed, check out our five-star Google reviews as well as the gallery of homes we've completed. Don't just take my word for it. See what other homeowners have to say about Iron Drive Floor Coatings. Our website is irondrivegaragefloors.com. Schedule your free quote today, irondrivegaragefloors.com. Hi, I'm Allison. I teach Bible study at the Dream Center, and it has been a very fulfilling thing for me to be able to see life change and walk alongside the very people that we are helping. By volunteering at the Dream Center, it gives you a chance to get a front row seat into exactly what we're doing in the Dream Center and how the Dream Center touches lives, not only here, but in the surrounding areas. Classes are offered Monday through Thursday here on campus. And one of the neat things is how you can get involved. If you're a retired teacher, you're, you have time, you have an education background, or even if you just love people and have a passion for something, anything, we would love for you to come and be a part of our team and be a part of what we do here in, at the Dream Center. The Dream Center has over 600 volunteers that help in all aspects of their ministry. Learn more and sign up for a volunteer orientation at dreamcenterpc.org. East Main Furniture in Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. 59 years is a long time, especially when you're talking about how long a company has been in business. But that's exactly how long Joe Robertson and son have been servicing and installing roofs right here in the upstate. 59 years. That means that many of the roofs you see every day, your neighbors, the roof at your favorite restaurant, even the roofs you're driving past right now are likely a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Now, you might be wondering why so many people here in the upstate have chosen Joe Robertson and Son for their roofing needs for nearly six decades. And the answer is simple. They were founded on the principles of providing quality workmanship, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. When you work with them, you won't pay a single dime until the job's been completed two your satisfaction. So if you have any roofing needs, do what so many people in the upstate have done for the past 59 years. Make it a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Call 246-0886. That's 246-0886. Or visit robertsonroofing.net. When it comes to legal advice, Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, is here to help. As a former state prosecutor, Nick Lavery's been fighting for Tiger fans for over 24 years. Whether you're hurt on the job, in an accident, charged criminally, or need assistance with your real estate closing, Nick Lavery is here for you. Call him today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. P.J. Hall here, letting you know if you want to stay on top during the regular and postseason, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota. Do, 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 do. 
Hey, what you gonna do when you gotta pee? You're gonna call Royal Flush at 238-8800. We've got your porta potties. We've got your event trailers too. Call Royal Flush at 864-238-8800 or visit them online at royalflushtoiletrental.com. We'll even pump your septic tank for you. Call Royal Flush because we're the king and queen of clean. So what have you got to do, 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 do? Call Royal Flush. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. Go check it out, friends, over at hatflowco.com. Your business, your church, your team, your organization, whatever it may be. You want to get noticed better and look good at the same time? Check out hatflowco.com today. You get an idea of what they've got in terms of the uh, different businesses and the um, types of logos that they promote. They look so good on a leather patch, and then you can mix and match with any color. Uh, they got different color beanies, different color Richardson hats, straw hats. They got a, 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 large, a large variety of options for you. You can do it all on their hat builder on their website. Fast turnaround, nationwide shipping, and no order minimums. That's hatflowcode.com. Go check them out today. Uh, real quick, Brad, before we get back to the phones and talking some more um, ACC officiating, uh, John Blau, friend of the program, who we've had on several times, covers the Clemson Tigers, mm-hmm. uh, updated on Twitter just moments ago that now with the um, addition of four-star defensive lineman Isaiah Campbell this morning, the Tigers are now number two in the 247 composite team rankings. So they moved up. All right, there you go. Uh, Clemson continues to make serious moves on the recruiting trail. 654-ROAR. Let's go to Nelson and Spartanburg. He's up next. Hey, Nelson. Hey, Mark, this on your tape, uh, well, that's going to be one of the few times that we Carolina people can empathize and sympathize with you Clemson folks. Uh, you're too, you two youngsters are too young to remember, but I grew up during the Frank McGuire days when Carolina was in the ACC. And Duke wasn't that big of a factor then, but going into North Carolina, Maryland, North Carolina State, it was we, – we hated, absolutely hated each other. North Carolina hated Carolina. They just despised them. And uh, the reason why is because we started punching them in the mouth and beating them. But you're talking about the refs. Every time you went up there, you just you held your breath because you knew there was going to be some way that the calls toward the end of the, end of the game was going to uh, uh, take the game away from you. But uh, that's been going on for a long, long, long time. And it's not, it's not a Clemson thing. And back then it wasn't a Carolina thing. It was just a tobacco road thing. Those guys thought they owned the ACC. They expected on the ACC, and they still expect on it in basketball. So um, it's tough. It's tough to have to sit there and watch, watch sometimes when you see these guys uh, how they call the games. And like I said, I watched most of the the Duke Clemson game, and and the the, the officiating wasn't absolutely horrendous, but uh, there were a few things you had to be shaking your head at, especially the way they let them just 
just beat the crap out of each other under the basket. And I don't care about that most of the time except when a guy's shooting. When a guy's shooting and you hit him and affect his shot, that those calls should be those calls should be made. And uh and uh, so I was I was tearing up a little bit for you during the game yesterday but uh anyway now to be I'm clear Nelson, <laughs> of course you will yes. uh, that, that was not you sitting underneath the basket in the gamecock gear I don't, I don't know if you saw those folks who were uh there in camera but that that was no. not you i i've met you and i, I no, can that, confirm that was, that was not you that was not me you guys remember me from the beacon if i'm oh, yeah. there i kind of stand out because <laughs> i'm as big as the ball players <laughs> yeah you're right about that I'm six five two seventy so so i'm bigger I'll tell you something else that irritates me, and I don't care which team you're talking about. Uh, I cannot stand to see somebody on another team be able to just push my guys around. That just drives me nuts. That's one thing, the reason why I like your Shefflin guy. He's, he doesn't, most times does not allow people to push him around. I mean, I played against the NBA guys. I played against a lot of college guys and NFL guys. And if there was one thing I always made sure of, you, you're you not going to push me around under the basket. So it just drives me crazy when I see them get pushed around. But, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you got you got reason to be to be upset about it. Now I'm going to go back to my normal Carolina self and get over these, these cheery feelings I'm feeling because it's not good for the – it's not good for the, uh, the rivalry. But anyway, you guys have a good one. You too, Nelson. Thanks for getting in. Yeah, he, he made sure he stood up for Clemson for a moment, and then he went back, right back to the rivalry. I get it. I respect it. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I agree with you. That was not Nelson sitting courtside. <laughs> we did meet Nelson out at the Beacon right before Thanksgiving. And, you and I uh, would have recognized him. Yeah. It was not it was not Gamecock Will. It wasn't Nelson. It, I, I had never <laughs> seen them before. What was that? Do you, do you have any idea? Was there a story behind uh, that? To quote um, Tar Heel Chad in hour one, that's loser mentality, man. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, I'm not going to South Carolina, Missouri, repping my Clemson gear just so I can get some takes off of people I, in the in the arena. John, I, I would just be really honest. I would make fun of you if you did. I'd I make fun of myself. I don't care what side of the rivalry you're on. You do something like that, you, you deserve to get made fun of. I went to a East Carolina, South Carolina game in Williams-Brice Stadium. I didn't go wear my Tiger Paw. <laughs> Clemson was, had nothing to do with that ball game. That was ridiculous. Sad. Scott Greenville's up next. Hey, Scott. What's going on, man? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. Hope you are too. I am. Hope you had a good weekend. Hey, um, I've heard uh, a lot this morning, and you know the 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 call at the end of the first half, the technical. Clemson overcame that. I, I, heard, I heard Tim Bray. I heard Don Munson. I heard a lot of Clemson fans say that call cost us the game. No, it didn't. Clemson was down 10 at one point and overcame. Clemson's problem, what lost in that game, they don't know how to win those games. They had the lead up four and turned the ball over three straight times. Turned it over. That ain't officiating. And I, I get it. There's back, the back calls are magnified because we're Clemson fans. You know, if we're Duke fans, it's not a big deal. For Carolina fans, not a big deal. They're magnified because we're Clemson fans. And, and and losing by one always hurts. I'd rather get blown out than lose by one. Yeah. Clemson lost that game Saturday. The officials didn't do it. Now, are there bad calls? Yeah, there's bad calls in every game. I bet you there was more bad calls in a different game on Saturday than there was at the Clemson-Duke game. You can go back and look at other Clemson losses. Referees didn't beat them in North Carolina. 
referees didn't beat them at Virginia Tech. But every time Clemson loses to Duke or North Carolina, the refs beat them. That's not true. Clemson had the lead. They Scott, didn't Scott, we point. pointed out point. many a times in hour one earlier in this hour that yes, you can I, have you can be upset with the officials, and we pointed out that Ian Sheffield had three turnovers down yeah. the stretch. So we're not just sitting here for the last hour and a half saying the officials cost Clemson the game. In fact, I don't think anybody said that really. They're they're, they're frustrated with a the officiating. The, yeah, the officiating is not was not great, but that is not what lost that game on Saturday. I don't, this I don't is think my two cents. If that, that bothers you or upsets you, I'm sorry, but that's just my two cents. The, the officiating did not cost us that game on Saturday. The thing that I get upset the most with about it, I don't think Brad Brownell makes a big enough deal about it. He said a couple of things in the press conference. That's all I'm going to say. Take a fine. You know, Rick Barnes took a fine. Other coaches take fines. Other coaches take – I think at some point Brad Brownell needs to stand up and say, we're not going to – I mean, he's been up there four times where he could have won the game and he hadn't done it. I think the problem is Clemson doesn't know how to win those games. And when they do, look out because they're going to be something. Thank you, Scott. They, ha- they can't figure out how to win those games. Thanks for getting Take in. Take care. I appreciate the call. I, I think the point of this is, like I said earlier, you, you have to overcome two things. You know you know when you walk in that building that some of these calls are going to get you. And you, you almost have to play too well. You always have to play. I mean, look, Clemson should have won the game on their own without anything involving officiating. But they also lost that battle. They lost both. because You shouldn't have to play the officials. You shouldn't have to account for things that you know are going to go against you. That's my point. Did Clemson have control of a lot of the instances that occurred that could have led to a win? Yeah. Again, I don't I don't think either one of us, I haven't really heard anybody calling it and just flat out say, lost that game because of officiating. I haven't heard anybody say those exact words, have they? No, and I thought we've been trying to do a pretty good job of separating the fact that the official, the officiating was poor, but also Clemson turned the ball over three times in the final minute or so of the game. I'm trying to separate the two because, again, I, I think you're having to overcome two things. You're having to overcome your inability to protect the ball down the stretch, which is a problem, but also you are going against the referees. Yeah. You just are. In that situation, it's, been, it's a tale as old as time, John. It's happened over and over and over again, and not just the Clemson. It's not not singling them out. It happens all the time. You have to overcome two factors. And to the last Three part of Scott's call there, saying I need Brownell to come out here and do something, say something. One, he he voiced his dis, displeasure with the officiating in his postgame press conference and did so in the interview with us in postgame. But I think you're asking Brad Brownell to do something that is just not in his DNA, not in his nature. I, I don't expect Brad Brownell to go out there on a at the table in Durham, nonetheless, and just start you know banging his fist on the table and shouting and cussing at everybody trying to prove a point. It's really hard because everyone has their own view of what the line you should cross is. Like if he goes too far with it, it's he's a crybaby. He's going to get suspended and hurt his team. How can you do that? Or it's going to be you throttled down too much. I don't. I don't know. For everybody, that line is different. I, so I, if you thought that he should have said more, but I understand why he didn't because I know Brad Brownell. Like I know his psyche a little bit. I know kind of how he he operates. He just John. He wasn't going to say something that put himself in a spot where it was going to hurt his team. But he had to make it known that he was upset. So that there was no there was no win win situation. With with Brownell in that right, he he was going to lose no matter what he said. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
I think so you're so. right. There, there is a line there because if he came out and went to scorched earth, he would just be all over Twitter being made fun of for being a crybaby. And then the point wouldn't have been heard because we'd just been made fun of the way the message was delivered. And if you're in the camp, you just don't like the coach, then you're mad. And if you just love the team and you want to see them win this game and you thought they should have, you're mad. I, no matter what we say, you're going to be mad, folks. I, it's just one of those days. I mean, we, we can... We're, we have our own takes just like you do, and we're opening up to let people vent and whatnot. But I get it. No matter what we say, you're, you're, you're going to get upset about it. Everybody's just in that kind of mood for this. It's that kind of game. Like, I, I embrace that. I mean, we're not running from it. We've talked about it for almost two hours. Right. But I, I recognize that you're, you're just going to be upset no matter what happens with this situation. No matter who you blame for the loss. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying to put it all on the rest. I'm just telling what you got to overcome. How hard it is. And you can't make the mistakes Clemson made <laughs> because you put yourself in a – that's ultimately what it comes down to. You put yourself in that situation with the turnovers and the inability to score late in the game to where you have to rely on on hoping you don't get reft out of the game. 6-5-4, Roar. Let's get Dave in Simpsonville in here. He is up next. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. You, you did a great job of talking me off the edge there. You're absolutely right. We're going to be mad at somebody today because of the game that we saw and heard on Saturday. And I agree with your last caller. You know, while the officials didn't cost us the ball game, they didn't help us. The three turnovers are going to loom large, and they're going to get swept under the rug because Clemson fans are going to mow them, you know, talk about the officiating. Uh, I, I agree with him that we've got to learn how to win those kind of ball games at the uh, opponent's floor and at Clemson. We've got to be able to come in and win those games at, in the last seconds when when all odds are against us. And and I don't think we, we've learned how. But my whole thought this weekend is if, if we're going to give the referee reason to blow the whistle, then, you know, I want a little bit of pain to go along with it. I want to bring back the uh, 1980 version <laughs> of the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, if we're going to give you a reason to blow the whistle, then by God, you're going to blow the whistle. And, and he may not be able to make that free throw shot. That's the fan in me that's mad. And I know that's not quality and that's not what we want. But I do want Brad Brownell to stand up sometimes. He when Don said he threw his jacket down on the on his chair, I was waiting for the technical to come. It didn't come because I think the officiating knows that they pushed it because that should have rung him up right there. And I'll go back to Monty Lee, and this was in one of the ACC championship games up in Durham. Monty never would come out and bark at an at an umpire. But we were playing Florida State, and he finally came out, slammed his clipboard, and got tossed because he was caught because the uh, umpire was was squeezing our pitching staff. And sometimes you got to see a little emotion from your coaches out in visible standings to let them know if not this game, we're sending a message for next game because we're going to get these same crew at some point again and. You, you just you got to stand up. So I'm not going to get pushed around anymore. I understand that. So yeah. I, I just think that at some point, why we I don't need him cussing like Mike Shishetsky and 
Mickey made a, a, a history of that while Mike was coaching. But he does need to stand up and somehow or another go chest to chest against Dean Smith and make a point and, and defend his team. So, anyway, you guys, thanks for letting me exercise the demons. Y'all have a great day. You too, Dave. Thanks for getting in. We'll take a quick break. More to come on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Boneyard Cycles offers wholesale pricing on Harleys, Customs, Metric Cruisers, and off-road vehicles. Buy local from a local with the best prices, quality parts, service, and shop a selection that rivals the big city shops. Paul and his crew are here to answer your questions about parts, service, buying, or trading. Whether it's your first motorcycle experience or your 10th, a daily driver or weekend cruiser, visit online at BoneyardCyclesOnline.net or shop Boneyard Cycles in person at 507 Pyramidary Road in Anderson. New year, new you. You've been thinking about it, I know, because I was there too. I thought about it for years, and then I did it, and within a few weeks, dropped some big pounds, and I never looked back. Any time to start is a good time, but now is a great time to start something good and new. With the holidays in the rearview mirror at the start of 2024, there's no better time than now, and only you can do it. Reach out to our friends, Dr. Ashley Lucas and her team at PhD Weight Loss. It all starts in the kitchen, and they'll get you dropping all your excess weight and keep it off for life. MyPhDWeightLoss.com have you ever heard the phrase, the calm before the storm? Well, that mold in your bathroom or ceiling water stains might be your warning sign of roof damage that could cause bigger, very costly issues in the future. Give yourself peace of mind, knowing your roof's integrity is solid through every season of the year. Don't ignore it any longer. Fix it with one simple call today to Adams & Co. Roofing Specialists, 260-0080. That's Adams & Co. Roofing Specialists, 260-0080. Build your custom leather patch hat from start to finish with Hat Flow Co. Choose from performance, flat bill, trucker hat, snapback, low profile, beanie, or straw sun hat. Pick your color combination to patch shape, upload your logo, and add to cart. It's that easy. The best part? No order minimums, quick turnaround, nationwide shipping, great customer service, and affordable pricing. Visit hatflowco.com and start your custom leather patch hat quote today. And follow Hat Flow Company on Facebook and Instagram for new product drops and designs. Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand. They are currently offering three different flavors, Colombian, Donut Shop, and French Vanilla. The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today. It'll make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Get the appliances you need right away at Lowe's. Explore the largest assortment of brands you trust, like Whirlpool, Samsung, and LG, in-store or online at the best values. Plus, take advantage of our everyday financing offers on top items, from refrigerators to laundry pairs. And there's more. Get your new appliances delivered or installed quickly at your convenience. Because Lowe's knows appliances. Lowe's knows home improvement. Subject to credit approval. 
This Tuesday night, the Clemson Tigers are back home inside Little John Coliseum as they play host to the Louisville Cardinals. A late night game at home and the Tigers look to put on a show in front of the home faithful and come out on top of the win. Broadcast begins at 8.30. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Your flagship station for Clemson men's basketball, 105.5 and 97.5. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Fort Hill Natural Gas been serving Pickens and Oconee in northern Anderson County since 1952. It's a great way to be economical with your energy source. It can fuel your home or your business. And you can find out a lot more at FHNGA.com. Um, Fort Hill is, uh, the natural gas is, is safe. It's the most dependable. It's economical. It's trouble-free. And you can get it. Uh, if you live in those areas, Pickens, Oconee, and Northern Anderson, go by one of their offices. They've got one in Easley, one in Seneca. You can inquire about more information or go to that website. You can find out about meter installs, new service for your home or your business, available rebates, payment plans, rates, and energy tips, which this time, this time of the year is very important. So go to FHNGA.com. They also sell appliances at Fort Hill. Uh, there's just all kinds of information you can get alone just at their website. So go check them out today and upgrade to comfort your home or your business this year with warmer heat, endless hot water, cooking without power, going without tank. It's all at Fort Hill Natural Gas. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. Uh, we had somebody mention the uh, – was Tar Hill Chat mentioned the net rankings earlier. Yeah, Clemson did move up to 28th now. In the in the net, had they lost, had they won the game, John, they would have lost four spots, but they lost, so they moved up. That's how this works. And you know, I think Chad may be right. If you just go play in Durham five more times and lose, all of them, you may be number one in the country. Might be. Uh, fell to three and five in quad one and advanced. Isn't that weird? Uh, Thirteen and six overall right now for the Tigers. And what three and four and five in conference play, so still a lot of work to do uh, with that conference record. But there's some upcoming games that could help that situation, John. There's one tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night against Louisville at home, nine o'clock game, um, eight thirty pregame, right here for you. It's a late one, last late one of the year at home. I believe it's the last nine o'clock game. You are correct on that. This is the last nine o'clock game of the year. I believe it's the one is the one and only conference game that was laid. No, was Georgia more? Tech Georgia was. Georgia Tech. That's right, the home game. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so this is it. Nine o'clock Tuesday tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have it for you right here on the Roar, and then Virginia comes to town this weekend on Saturday at two. You know, it's a Virginia team that's not very good right now, but playing, but they're they have a good decent record in the conference. It's kind of weird. I I don't want four in a row. They're they're kind of on a little bit of a run right now. But who have they beaten? I ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> no, seriously, who who have they beaten? No, I, 
Their last four wins are against Louisville, NC State, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. Eh, Virginia Tech's not a bad one. No. You said NC State? Yes, they've played State uh, twice. They have a split with NC State. They're one and one State's back to being State. They're turning back into the team I thought they were. Uh, in ACC action over the weekend, Virginia to beat Louisville 69-52. to Boston College edged Notre Dame in a game I don't think anybody watched. 61-58, to no offense. Uh, North Carolina, we talked about that earlier, beat Florida State, held them off 75-68. to uh, Florida State had a chance there late. North Carolina able to, to get the victory. Miami edges Pitt at home, 72-68. I do not understand that Miami team at all. And then Virginia Tech just just destroyed Georgia Tech, 91-67. to I think it was over halftime. And Syracuse knocked off NC State, 77-65. A really good weekend for a lot of ACC right now. Not unless you're North Carolina. And Duke. Yeah. That's his tradition. <laughs> 654 Roar, you want to get in with us? We got a lot of NFC and AFC title games to talk about. We'll get to that coming up. Hey, Roger, how are you? Hey, doing good. Thanks for uh, getting me in. Uh, well, our, our national nightmare is here. We have a Taylor Swift, Tony Romo Super Bowl. Um, but that game, I felt that from the beginning of the game when Kansas City won the toss and they deferred and they said okay Lamar Jackson you're the MVP let's see what you can do and they went three and out and you know that was the story of the game that Baltimore's offense and Lamar Jackson it's sort of like Dallas uh, Prescott Lamar Jackson in the regular season is the MVP but in the playoffs he has struggled and it's going to haunt him just like it haunts Dak and I don't know what they do. They owe him a boatload of money. They're not going to trade him. He's a dang good quarterback. But in these playoffs, he has really had some bad games. And yesterday was very bad. Well, you have to do but, what you have to do. The only thing you can do, which is surround him with better players, which you should be doing anyway. But that—that's how you you well, combat it. I mean, you don't you don't move off of Lamar Jackson. You get better players around him. No, you, I absolutely don't move off of him. He's got to improve, and he's got to you know, have maybe a, another wide receiver. They, they threw so many deep balls in the second half. Every other pass, it seemed, they were going for broke. And I was like, y'all just need to have a sustained drive. You don't need to go for the whole enchilada right now. Y'all just need to work the field and get down the field and score, and they couldn't do that. And then the Flowers play, I got a thought on that. I know it was taunting. I'm not saying that was not taunting. Of course it was. It wasn't a good idea, and it was it cost him and the team, and then they got down to the goal line, and he fumbled. Okay, but let's let's be honest here. Travis Kelsey was running his mouth before the game when they had that incident with the uh, the kicker for Baltimore, with him and Mahomes up uh, in, in the end zone there doing pregame stuff, and that's all fine and good. That's gamesmanship. That's getting in the other guy's head. That's fine. But all during that game, Kelsey was running his mouth, whoop, whooping around like Rick Flair, and he never got flagged. And, flat, and, and he's a smart player. He got the other guy to do the retaliation, and, yeah. and Baltimore got flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. That's part of the game. But the referees, they don't see that, and they didn't get him during the whole game where he was out there jawing and, and, and taunting and all that stuff, but they got flowers. 
Yeah, I, I I see your frustration there. Thanks, Roger, for the call. I appreciate you getting in. Um, there was a lot of animosity that got built up, and Kelsey had a lot to do with that pregame. You know, the kicker stuff was there. They start they start throwing stuff in into the ends. You know, like that was sort of a Kansas City saying, "All right, we are we're the alphas here. Yeah. This is like we don't care. We're on the road. Like we own this game. This is what we do." And Baltimore's one who lost their cool, John. When, when pregame, all the, the shoving that happened on the side, all stuff, it doesn't matter when the when the ball's kicked off. It's who keeps their composure during the game. And yeah, there's jawing that's going to happen regardless. I I thought that the, the undisciplined team was was Baltimore in every way, and just from the from the way they handled themselves, and and they had was it five was it five fifteen yard penalties in this game? I believe so. Yeah. The 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 turnovers, like they did all the stuff you just simply cannot do in a game of this caliber, and Kansas City knew that and played into it and sort of set Baltimore up for it. If you want to say that, that's fine, but that's what you know it worked out for them. Definitely. Oh, they they played into Baltimore's hand. It was uh, yeah, it was it was smart. Call it gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I think they, they wanted to see if Baltimore could handle the mentality of the game. And they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't pregame, and they didn't during the game. No, Baltimore, we see it so many times in football. You're talking. You're fired up before the game. You're letting everybody have it. Then you get punched in the mouth, and you have no idea how to respond. 17-10, to 10, Kansas City wins this one on the road to advance to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, do you think that, like how, if if we praise Patrick Mahomes and we praise Brock Purdy, we have to tear down Lamar Jackson. I, I don't think that he played well, but I, I do understand, and I can put it into context here, he didn't get a whole lot of help in this game. In fact, some of that was his, his own doing. I think he tried to do too much, and then some of it was, I think, the play calling and the people around him didn't do enough to help him. Todd Munkin picked a very bad day to have a bad day calling plays. I'm sorry, but when Gus Edwards has three carries, Justice Hill has three carries, you don't even attempt to run the ball at all. You had 16 carries on the day rushing if you're Baltimore. Lamar Jackson had half of them, and you had two reverses to Zay Flowers. I thought the fact that Baltimore, one of the strengths all season was running the football, the commitment to running the ball. And to Roger's point, like every other play, they were trying to go for the the kill shot. They were going for the deep ball every time. And I just don't understand why Todd Monk had felt like running the football was not advantageous for them. This was the top rushing offense in the NFL in 2023. They it's put what on, got you here. They put on a miraculous regular season show. They beat, went through all those good opponents that they just, just manhandled all season long. And they get in the most important game, the one that gets them to the Super Bowl, and they don't even run the football. I, I can't. I just can't understand it. why. Do you, now, some of that, some of that is like Spagnola, right? Like he's he's this whiz. He makes you do things you don't want to do. He makes you see things that aren't really there. He's a great defensive coordinator. I mean, he's, he's a legend at doing this. There's no no question about it. But all this love and hoopla I've heard about Todd Munkin in the NFL. And he's in his big and the game plan stunk, but what was worse, John, was the lack of adjustments that occurred throughout the game. The Kansas City Chiefs said, "We're going to blitz you all day, and we're going to do it with speed off the edge." And I, I think Lamar Jackson, 
was said, okay, if they're going to come with these blitzes, then I'm going to get some favorable coverages. I'm going to get some opportunities to throw the ball down the field. The problem is the coverage was really good, and Lamar's reaction time was just a tad too slow on a lot of plays. He should have just taken off running. He stayed in the pocket too long, trying to create some of those big plays through the passing game. He should have said, okay, what you're going to give me, I'm going to take. Well, we hear that all the time. you got to take what you're given. Yeah. He should have just created. The best play, the only touchdown they had all day was a secondary play where the play broke down, he avoided a sack, he moved around in the pocket, and he launched a 30-yard pass down the field. It was caught by Zay Flowers for a touchdown. That's the only touchdown they got the entire game. He forced too many things. He tried to play out of his comfort zone. Some of that is Spagnola. Some of that's the people around him. Some of that's the, the coaching. I mean, that interception he threw when he was trying to get the ball to Isaiah Likely in triple coverage. Poor read, but if the ball doesn't get picked off, they they absolutely flag it for pass interference. I mean, they decked Isaiah Likely in the end zone. But the ball, and the first of all, how can the refs see that when there's three white jerseys surrounding Likely? And then second of all, the ball gets picked off, and I just think the ref said nah. Or he he may not actually really seen the contact well. Maybe watching the interception for all I know. Who knows? But uh, Lamar did not play well. He did not command the game. And he turned the ball over twice. You can't give, of all teams, extra chances to beat you than Kansas City. And they had three turnovers in this game, and Kansas City had none. Difference in the ball game right there. The 15-yard penalties, the lack of um, self-control by Zay Flowers. He's a young guy. I get it. But still, this is this is not week 10 in the NFL, buddy. This is the AFC Championship game against a team that will absolutely make you pay for these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Baltimore's approach in this game was almost too confident. Well, it came across that way, at least to me, especially when you're not... When you're going against this Chiefs team, like you just said, you cannot give Patrick Mahomes extra opportunities. Can't You can't have that. This was so much a... On the surface, Baltimore's way more talented than the Chiefs. If, if, if they play on a random Sunday 10 times, I think Baltimore wins more games than the Chiefs do. You're probably right. I think if we, if we listed out the rosters 1-53, to 53, you'd probably say that in totality, Baltimore's more talented than Kansas City. But understanding how to play in this game was a major factor. And not not putting yourself in situations to turn the ball over. And look, Zay Flowers made a horrific decision to try to reach the ball. When, when are we going to start, and I hope they're teaching it, when are you guys going to start doing it, not reaching the ball out? It was a great, great play to knock it out. I think it was Sneed who knocked it out. Great play to knock out the ball, but still, why are you even in that situation to turn the ball over? So I just... I just think Baltimore fell into so many traps in this game. All the pressure, not understanding how to how to manage situations in the game, and being the one that that flinched, that turned the ball over, that couldn't keep their composure, that made the critical errors. Man, Kansas City thrives on you. Just gave them opportunities to win the game, and they did. More to come in hour three after this. WCCP FM one hundred five point five, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, W A H T A M.